My name is Nesha Ruther, and this is a Bond and Grace production. Bond and Grace is a publishing and art house. We republish classic novels as luxury coffee table books, which we call art novels. Each art novel contains three essential ingredients, every word of the featured classic novel, annotations from our PhD scholars, and the original work of emerging artists. I sat down to speak with two artists featured in the Secret Garden art novel, Julia Hacker and Maggie Lamack. Both artists drew inspiration from the Secret Garden's themes of healing and mental health. Together we discussed how their artistic practice intersects with personal well-being, their experience of working on this project, and most of all, the love of art. conversation by asking Julia and Maggie about their creative practice and its relationship to mental health. You know, it's difficult even to separate for me where where I'm dealing with a mental health issue or where I'm just painting. It's it's such a intertwined activity and probably actually the art process is uh, actually consequences of your inner needs in of your inner world like and the desire to heal yourself and uh, so beside going like through therapy or learning something it just i think we're lucky that we found this outlet as an artist that we can create Julia Hacker is an artist based in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, where she specializes in large-scale abstract and contemporary landscape paintings. Julia's practice often incorporates a variety of relevant mediums, such as print material, ink transfer, and textile, to provide physical and emotional depth to her visual stories. Julia primarily works at a large scale as she feels greater authenticity through putting her whole body into each brushstroke. What I realize that, you know how they say, if you pay attention to something that will grow, right? Like, so if you pay, like, I'm consciously making my choices to pay attention to a beauty, to to things that inspire me. I'm choosing to... To concentrate on the, on the kindness, on compassion, on on beautiful things, and I just want more of, it, of all of it in, in the world, and that's why I create a beautiful painting, right? Like, <laughs> and I feel like that's something that you and I really bonded on when we would meet is how your inner world and everything that you're going through. You know, I can be in such a terrible mood and I go to art and paint something happy and feel better afterward. And I don't know, I feel like it's just such an expression of wellness in that you can choose to kind of deport yourself, you know, like, like enter this really beautiful world and escape kind of everything that's going on inside. Maggie Lamack is an artist working out of Chicago. 
She explores the fluid relationship between physical and emotional states. Working in a variety of media, she captures physical sensations, empathy, intimacy, and the powerful healing provided by touch, specifically hugs. Sometimes you can go into a painting and live there for a couple hours and it feels wonderful. And other times you really can't kind of escape your your inner dialogue. And I know you and I both have talked about the struggle sometime to paint really beautiful things when you're feeling really emotional and how, at least for me, there was a period where I couldn't paint things that were beautiful. It's just every time I painted, it was really dark and muddy and depressing. And I couldn't like separate colors. Like it just, you could feel my anxiety and, and, the mess inside coming out into the painting. I absolutely agree that uh, sometimes uh, it's practically impossible to escape and you want this, like, this angst, like, on a canvas, right? But I found that by working, for me, it's almost like somatic experience because you get so physical while you paint it, right? When you have no clarity emotionally, when you're like really in a dark place and you start with those kind of strokes or colors, what I realized that eventually intuitively by the end of the painting, I will start seeing a pathway, some light in between, right? You're, you're going, you're making out, you, you decided to get out of this dark spot. And that's where we're empowering ourselves and other people, I hope, through the art. For New Year, I was like, people were talking about, like, what's the New Year resolutions and so on. And I thought, like, I want to learn how to laugh again. Because I realized that you started to take life so seriously and always dealing with it and dealing with it and like but try to laugh when you know the bad times that's that's really when uh, it's valuable to 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 learn the skill of allowing of letting go you know not to be stuck in a darker moment yeah and i think something you said there is definitely been a thread in some recent work is taking this painting that I know that I made in a dark time and it I didn't like what it looked like and then painting on top of it like I love that it has that history in the actual painting itself because it's reflective of who we are as people you know we go through the dark times and that doesn't like evaporate once it's happened it comes with you but you can make it into something really beautiful when you you know, paint on top of it and let let the darkness become something more beautiful. And I think you did that so beautifully in Awakening, how it started with kind of that soil texture color, and then you gradually added the growth on top of it. Julia's piece Awakening is aptly named. Alive with color and movement, this painting depicts the secret garden's reemergence. The novel's signature robin sits on a branch, watching as gnarled black branches give way to a chaos of pastel blues and greens. Like the lifespan of a tree, Awakening depicts the environment as cyclical, 
the blossoming of new growth. The circular framing replicates your eye through a keyhole like a little kaleidoscope. As it turns, the seasons change, your mood shifts, and things start to look different. The black branches visible beneath the green and blue not only represent the past state of the garden, but the fertile ground needed to produce life. I'm curious, you know, I think it's so great that you guys are forming really sort of conscious attitudes about your relationship with art and mental health, because I feel like there's such a strong stereotype of like the tortured artist, right? That sort of creates this idea that you need to be ill or unwell in order to create great art, right? That it's somehow a prerequisite. What are your guys' thoughts on that? And is it something that you ever had to work to unlearn or change your, your conceptions of? Yeah, I think it's a funny one because sort of ironically, everything we were just saying is that we are a bit tortured. <laughs> like I do think what artists have, or at least I feel like kind of a, a trend among artists is that we are really emotional beings and we're we're willing to kind of share that with others. So I think like when I hear the tortured artists, it's interesting because it it sort of is centered around pity. But to me, like being a tortured artist or, you know, being emotional and willing to share my emotions, it feels really empowering. So that's kind of how I would view, you know, that that classic storyline. Oh, the tortured artist who's sad and then has to paint and they're struggling. It's like, that is the beauty of life to me is processing emotions through artwork and using artwork as a way to let it out and not have it inside. Like in many ways, we're probably very healthy because we do let it out. You know, I think that classically, traditionally, this, uh, myth of tortured artist was, uh, no, first of all, we can talk that mostly it was uh, male painters, right? And I'm sorry, but today in our times, I'm a mother, I'm a wife. As much as I'm tortured, I have to perform other things in life, right? Like, so you kind of yeah, you're tortured, but you still have to provide, like, and make uh, dinner and comfort and, like, and wipe, uh, I don't know, <laughs> little noses and now with big noses. Believe me, it's still wiping, <laughs> like, even for adult kids. So I, I just think that uh, today this myth is a little bit outdated because today the world consists of so many strong women that no matter what turmoil you have inside, we, we still, we need to move on. We can't rely on on support of uh, family or husbands or whatever, or partners. We are what, what we make our, of ourselves. So you learn to live to be friends with torture <laughs> and just say, like, okay, now <laughs> yeah. you're, you're taking a shelf life. <laughs> like stay there for a while I need to cook dinner <laughs> I imagine if you have poured so much of yourself into making something you know so personal and so profound and then you kind of have to let it go you kind of have, it belongs to someone else now it, it, it's not yours to decide what it means anymore is that really 
is that hard, especially for pieces that you've sort of relied on in moments of, you know, mental and emotional struggle or challenge? I think it depends on the piece of art. For me, my relationship with artwork is so much about the time that I spent making it and that feeling. And now I say that, but then there are certain paintings and actually the the blue one in the secret garden, the letting walls down, letting passions in peace is one of the ones that I really hope that the buyer feels that the way I felt just because that piece for me was very emotional to me. It definitely was a breakthrough for me and I poured so much into it and it took so much, you know, here I am tearing up. Like it took a lot of emotions to make that painting. Maggie's piece, Letting Walls Down, Letting Passion In, is acrylic paint on top of a concrete base. The unexpected building material peeks through in a few places, revealing windows of thick gray texture. While fairly structured at the bottom of the canvas, the pink, white, and orange flowers grow more abstract the higher they go, as if they are carried away by the wind. Letting Walls Down calls upon the physical process of art making to symbolize the secret garden protagonist Mary's journey to let down her internal barriers and accept that she is worthy of happiness. Mary's recovery is represented by a garden awash with vibrant texture and color. But of course, like that's part of painting is letting the beauty go, you know? And so, yeah, I, I think I think I feel both ways, you know? I, it's challenging to let go of something that meant so much, but like, that's the beauty of it. So I think it will also be therapeutic once, once that one sells. (laughs) Letting go, like it's actually brings you some freedom, but it's not an easy to achieve, right? Because you, you kind of, you, you, okay. You're almost like hoarding stuff. You're hoarding people, you're hoarding like experiences. But I also want to say that for me, when I paint, I have such an intense relationship with the artwork. It's really, really like uh, absorbs me. And we have a a joke in our family. I say to my husband that, uh, you know, he can be so relaxed about my personal life that because all my love affairs happened in the studio I fall in love I go through this like (laughs) very passionate relationship and then I close the door and I say goodbye I'm letting you go (laughs) so (laughs) I know it's kind of a joke but it's really but also I wanted to ask about this painting that uh, you mentioned uh, let the walls down yeah let the walls down when when I looked at it and I read that you used a concrete underneath, right? I was, for me, it was so, such a small, like this small thing, this just description of the materials that you use, it's opened the whole world into your soul, right? Like, so can you tell, tell me a little bit how how you decided to go from, Concrete and like build this, this freedom. I've always been really fascinated by concrete just because I have like really fond memories of it as a child. And 
being barefoot, I grew up in Florida. So I was always outside running around barefoot. And I just remember like the heat of the concrete on your feet. And it felt so warm. But it also can feel so cold. And it's just this like, I think it's a really interesting material. I thought it was a really great symbol, yeah, of that wall. And it just felt right to kind of smudge concrete on it, because that's kind of how I was feeling at the time. You know, I I didn't want to let people in, I didn't want to let my feelings out. And so I just kind of, you know, covered it all up. And with the painting, like it was the second layer that I went back in after the concrete, that it really transformed from this like, very rigid, cold painting into something that was way more free. And Julia, you were definitely a part of how that painting came together because you kept like encouraging me to keep going and to paint with different brush strokes. And so like your your spirit was definitely there. And I'm really thankful that you that you helped me have that breakthrough. <laughs> when I saw that you use concrete and like I thought like how how meaningful it it is, how like you 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 close down all access to yourself to your soul, then you yourself breaking through this and allowing the by through brush strokes or color or whatever and like and then look at this joyful absolute like amazing feelings that we have like looking at this artwork love it yeah it's your piece in particular like when I saw the glimmer of hope in a quite dead garden in person and I saw the the black strokes and the ridges in it it just like it had such a strong like feeling in it that you can feel from looking at the composition but when you see like your you know actual hand in the paint it's just there's a whole other layer to what you're looking at glimmer of hope in a quite dead garden shows black branches against a backdrop of hand-drawn foliage and the pages of a book julia's work depicts the garden in a moment of stasis however even among the brambles and husks of leaves the use of blue creates a sense of mystery and wonder implying there is something concealed from the viewer I think that today our world consists from so much media and so much information around it. And it's, I think we've learned to process it in a different way. And for me, it's actually a beauty of of our days that when you can combine absolutely non-compatible before <laughs> traditionally materials, right? And and make sense out of all of them because they all exist and they're all part of our life. There's history in some of the materials you chose for other pieces as well because you've got the actual fabric that you source and that adds like a different quality that you can't have if it's not the actual fabric. At the center of Never Alone is a black and white digital image of a little girl lying on her side. She is surrounded by tropical trees and a colorful snake uncurls next to her. The pink beaded fabric above her suggests a gilded cage. The background is vibrant and colorful, yet the girl's lack of color signifies her detachment from her surroundings. 
Yes, I, I thank you for for reminding. Like I, I did. Like when I was working on that piece, I thought we, because we were talking about India and this feeling when to woke up all alone in this house surrounded by, and I thought like how all this beautiful intricate embroideries and like uh, beautiful tapestries, and still the sense of loneliness. Right, like how all these beautiful things, that, and you're still all alone in the world. Like that's, those things kind of struck me so much. Like I was overwhelmed with this. So I decided to use original materials. I went to 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 the Indian store and I went through through, through a few of them and I found only fabric that was brought from India. This was hand embroidery and I just wanted to use it again as a mixed media application in in artwork, and uh, again, it's for me. It's like historically, we we're bringing we're bringing materials that were created historically, traditional way, handmade, and then I have let's say this image of the child that I printed, and it's a digital media, and it's very today. It's combining and uniting everything together so again it's a, it's, a, it's the same uh, point like how in spite of all the difference that on the surface we all belong together what an inspiring and heartfelt conversation thank you again to maggie and julia for joining us today it is truly a privilege to meet the minds behind the canvas If you're interested in learning more about the Secret Garden art novel and the work of Julia Hacker and Maggie Lamack, you can find more at bondandgrace.com. Meet us here next time for more conversations with today's best emerging artists.